Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. To the best of our knowledge, or TT Book to its friends, started life as a radio show back in 1990 on Wisconsin Public Radio. 28 years later and it's still on the radio on nearly 200 different stations across the US. And of course now you can podcast it all too. Husband and wife team Anne Strainchamps and Steve Polson do most of the interviewing with Anne taking the lead role as host. And the format's perhaps best described as variations on a theme. Each episode takes a big idea and explores it with a range of different interviews. Topics have included recently the search for meaningful work, automation and forgiveness. Here's a couple of clips from a recent episode I enjoyed too called Listening to the City. We've already met a biologist listening to trees and a composer getting inspired by urban sounds in New York. Here's the host, Anne Strainchamps, introducing the next slice of sound. We're listening to cities this hour. And we've been to New York. Next, we're heading to Baltimore, where two podcasters, Aaron Henkin and Wendell Patrick, are interviewing people and collecting their stories block by block. So it's an experiment in what I guess you could call hyper-local listening. The podcast is called Out of the Blocks. What's your excuse today? Are the preachers stealing the money? Because these preachers don't want yours. Well, my name is uh, Elder Grissom, and we're on Green Mount and 33rd. <laughs> It's a really deceptively simple concept. This is Aaron. One block, everybody's story. Why would God design the creation that he does not want to be right with him? There is the truth available. The devil is a liar. And that alone brings me out. We go to one city block and we meet and interview everybody who will talk to us. I'm, I'm certain that you hear something we call it making the gun talk. <laughs> Make the gun talk, huh? Yeah. Certain places on a block will just have beautiful signature sounds. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, baby. I compose and record a soundtrack for each episode. And this is Wendell. Often using sounds from the blocks and environments themselves as instruments. My name's Stacy Rose. Scott Toshout, 2119 Emerson Avenue. What's my nickname? Shorty! Shorty, they call me Shorty. Tie you back on now. She came for one tie, she going out with two good ties. Wendell, the score under this is so propulsive and dynamic. What kind of building blocks did you use to create that? Well, I was really excited when I was there with Aaron, you know, when he pulled out this air gun, because it was, I had a pretty good idea of what I was going to do. Really sort of in, in everyday life, everything, whether it's a voice or an air gun or, you know, birds, everything has pitch and rhythm. Wait, does an air gun have a pitch? It does. It actually has, actually has multiple pitches playing at the same time. But but yeah, so basically in the score, I wrote an orchestral accompaniment that matched 
the pitches and the harmonies and the rhythm, actually, of the tire gun. On this block, you'll also find a corner diner called Soul Source, which is run by a Trinidadian woman. There is a Pentecostal storefront church on that block. There's a homeless man who lives in a van in the parking lot of the auto shop. Why do people want to be part of this? It never ceases to amaze me what people are willing, able, and eager to share with us about their lives. And I think it was Terry Gross who said this beautifully. She said, it's the secret wish of the soul to be interviewed. Yeah, I think the fact that you hear all the residents themselves not only telling the stories but introducing the show, closing out the show, doing all the transitions, it really does sound like you're hearing a block speaking. We're standing on the legendary, most notorious Emerson Avenue, Pulaski Street, 2100 block. Soul Sauce Restaurant. Emmy's Food Palace. Refuge Way of the Cross Church of Deliverance. Emlatt Restaurant. Tile Shop. Best used appliances. Best appliances in town. 2126 Emerson Avenue. 2111 Edmondson Avenue. As much as you get out of one person's story or the sound of one person's environment, it's that collage effect of that, the way each one of those stories kind of bumps into the one after it or blends with the one after it. They're really, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a mosaic. It's the amalgam of all of them together that give you that bigger picture. It's almost like the city itself is playing music or singing. Yeah. One of the most elaborate versions of this that you did, I think, is the, is it King's Fried Chicken? <laughs> yeah. That place is on the corner of uh, 33rd and Greenmount. Brother, you said everything, right? This place was a musical treasure trove. Spatulas chopping up cheesesteaks, deep fryers sizzling... This is your orchestra, and <laughs> you're composing with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, when one is cooking or chopping things up, there's always a, you know, we all sort of develop a natural rhythm to whatever it is that we're doing. Aaron Henkin and Wendell Patrick of the Out of the Blocks podcast from Baltimore. And later in that same episode, there's an interesting chat about sound and prejudice with a sound historian. Here's Anne Strangechamps again. Jennifer Stover is a sound studies scholar. She teaches at Binghamton University, and she grew up in Southern California, one of the most diverse regions in America. She was an early hip-hop fan, and it was when she was going out to concerts and clubs that she first started noticing what she calls the sonic color line. This was about, I would say, 2007, maybe, 2006. And it was at the moment when LA's downtown was changing from the site where brown and poor people lived in the city to its current kind of gentrified state. So all of these old factories and empty office buildings were being transformed into lofts and condominiums, and folks on Skid Row were being pushed out. I had gone to a concert at the Hollywood Bowl. I'd actually gone to see Isaac Hayes at the Hollywood Bowl. As often happens in LA, I got stranded downtown in the middle of the night waiting for the bus. And What I heard coming from the doorways at two in the morning was classical music, really high volume classical music. 
was standing there by myself going, well, what is happening here? And then I realized that music was being played to keep people from sleeping in the doorway. So it's kind of like a hostile architecture, right? Sound being used as a deterrent. But then because it's quote unquote classical music, it can't possibly be noise, no matter how loud you have it. This actually ups the class feeling of people in the building while really being this kind of hostile keep out sound. So this is basically sonic gentrification. Affluent white people have moved in and feel like, well, now we get to decide what's noise and what isn't. Exactly. Also, just the idea that when you buy into a place, when you move into a neighborhood, the neighborhood has to conform to your ideas about what a neighborhood sounds like, rather than an adjustment to the sounds that are around you. So what's an example of, say, a public debate around noise that you think actually was a racial debate? Another example of racial politics operating through sound occurred in New York City in Harlem, and it involved a drum circle taking place outside at Marcus Garvey Park on Sunday afternoons. This drum circle had been there since the late 60s and came out of the Black Power Movement and Black Arts Movement. And in 2007, a condo building that had sold and been refurbished, rents raised, and white middle-class people moving into a neighborhood that has historically been Black and Puerto Rican, there began to be increasing noise complaints by the residents to their condo board and to the police this sound became something that the white condo residents really fixated on. And that is actually probably occurring in many forms in cities across the country. So I was thinking, you know, the history of big cities like New York is in a lot of ways a history of displacement. As populations shift and move from one neighborhood to another, it sounds like you could almost write the history of cities in sound. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the things that I study quite intensely. I've actually looked at New York in the 40s when there was another moment of upheaval after the war when Puerto Ricans were moving from Puerto Rico to the States. And you find in the newspapers at the time, like the New York Times, letters from white people talking about their Puerto Rican neighbors, but saying things like, the city's become an audio slum. Wow. And I study a sound artist named Tony Schwartz, who in the 1940s lived in Hell's Kitchen, right near where Lincoln Center was about to be developed. So he lived through the displacement and the destruction of San Juan Hill, which was a largely Black and Latino neighborhood that was raised completely to make Lincoln Center. They come by and they watch us dancing out on the streets, and they think it's terrible and disgusting. But, you know, they do the same thing, too, only they do it in the nightclubs. He has recordings from that era of that neighborhood and actually made the argument through a radio show that here we are destroying thousands of musical performances taking place every night to create a space for one very elite performance happening every night. Who has the power to control the kind of sounds that are made in the city? And also, who has to live with the noise of all of this construction being built? Wow. 
whether it's the Lincoln Center or the Cross Bronx Expressway. Certain sounds, very loud sounds, we're supposed to be able to tolerate because they're sold as being good for everybody when they're serving only a certain population. Listening to The City from TT Book or to the best of our knowledge, hosted by Anne Strainchamps and the sound designer is Joe Hardkey. And thanks to the show's digital producer, Mark Rickers, for his help sharing that with you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.